From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Well, hey, welcome to Parkway Church this morning. I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us. Wherever it is you're watching from, just thanks for being here. You know, if you're in your living room or your bedroom, you're still in your PJs, just shout out to you. Thanks for being here. Um, if you are new, we want to especially welcome you and just say thanks for coming. Actually, if you are, if this is your first time or maybe you've been here for a couple weeks, uh, we just have a small e-gift that we want to send to you just as our way of saying thanks for coming. But here's what you need to do. You need to go to weareparkway.com connect and fill out that quick form. And then we just want to, we want to holler your way and say thanks for coming and send you a quick little gift. Um, just for being here. Um, Can you do me a favor, everybody? Just do me a favor. A few things. Number one is just let us know you're here. Comment if you haven't already done so. You know, give us a little shout out. Say hi. Send us an emoji wave. Um, If you are a regular here at Parkway, can you do me a huge favor? If you haven't already done this, love this if you're on Facebook and share it because that's going to help get the message out. If you're on YouTube, make sure you like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, If we can get 100 YouTube subscribers, then um, we can get a custom URL and that's just going to help us have easier access there. Um, But all in all, we're just, we're grateful that we can be together this morning. We're here um, uh, for this purpose because we can't meet physically together. Um, On your screen right now, something's going to pop up, a little infographic for you there. If you're on Facebook, um, this is how I want you engage a little bit with the message today. Um, Just a few different things you can do. Um, Instead of saying, you know, amen or hollering out, uh, you can can do these things. And so if something's touching you, inspiring you, um, just follow along and help me preach a little bit today. Uh, What we're going to do is, uh, if you have a Bible, let's turn to Mark chapter 1. We're in a series going through the book of Mark. Uh, we, We began last week, and I'll share a little bit about some background if you missed that in a bit. What, what we typically do here at Parkway Church is we go through a series of talks on a certain subject or topic. And this is going to be like that, but it's a little bit different because of our setting in the sense that it's going to be less preachy and probably a little bit more just teach. But I hope all in all is just to motivate you um, to move forward in your faith. That's the big goal for me is that you take steps forward in your faith. So as we go through the book of Mark, we're not necessarily going to take it chapter by chapter or even verse by verse. We're just going to kind of read it and stop where we feel led to stop. You know, as I read my Bible personally, and I hope you do something like this too, is, is I open my heart and I just say, God, hey, speak to me through the word. I believe, I believe the, the, the God's word is, is alive and active and he still speaks to, through it today. I can read one verse this a um, hundred times and get something new out of it um, each time. And so that's a little bit what we're doing here is we're just praying and asking that God would direct us as we go through this to stop at the places he wants us to stop. I'll share a little bit of what he, I believe he's put on my heart. And then I'm praying also that he speaks directly to your heart as we do this. Um, so let's, uh, let's do that. Let's pray and let's begin with that and then we'll get right into it. So bow your heads with me. Father, we just thank you that we can come here this morning, that we can open up your word, that we can learn, Lord, from it. I believe that you still speak today through your word and so speak to us today. Um, help me to share the thoughts um, that you've placed on my heart, God, um, in a way that is clear, Lord, and I pray that you'd speak ultimately to every heart and every person that's tuning in today, the things that you want to speak to them. You know where everyone's at. You know what they're going through, God. You know their situation. And so speak as only you can, Lord, and minister and bless in the name of Jesus. I'm just thankful that we, we got people turn, tuning in this morning. Thankful that we can even meet, Lord, even in this setting. So we give you glory. 
glory, we give you praise, and speak this morning, we ask again, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to take a little drink of water because I can do that. You can take some coffee right now if you're drinking coffee. So we're in the book of Mark. There are uh, four Gospels in the New Testament, and Mark is one of those Gospels. It's actually the second Gospel in the New Testament. Um, the, the Gospels, Gospel means good news. And so basically in the New Testament, we have four books about the good news that Jesus shares. Um, you may ask, why four? Well, you have to think of it like four people who witnessed the same event and are describing and recalling that event. There are a lot of similarities in the Gospels, and there are some differences, and, and that's okay. It's okay that there's differences. The, differ the differences don't necessarily mean that somebody got it wrong, that one of the four got it wrong. If you were to witness uh, a crime and the witnesses came forward and they all shared the exact same story to the minute detail, investigators would actually believe that something was fishy and that they were collaborating together. So actually having minute differences in the story um, helped verify that the, the event actually took place because we don't recall events the exact same way. And so investigators, typically what they'll do is they'll take all those eyewitness accounts and they'll be able to put together or formulate what they believe happened based on those accounts. And so that's kind of what we do with the, with the gospel is four people viewing uh, an event in history from four different perspectives. Now, just to get a little bit of interaction, if you're on uh, YouTube or on Facebook, um, just comment and answer this question. Have you ever read all four of the Gospels? Yes, I've read all four of the Gospels, or no, I have not. Just go ahead and comment. We want to gauge a little bit this morning, a little interaction. Mark, like I said, it's the second book of the uh, out of the four, but it was likely the first written. Now, let me tell you a little bit of uh, background here about my buddy Mark. Um, his full name is John Mark. He was a co-worker with Paul and Barnabas, and you can read a little bit about that in the book of Acts. Um, Barnabas is actually also his cousin. And early church uh, history tells us that Mark was likely a disciple of Peter. And he, he took Peter's memories and he took his eyewitness accounts and he shaped them into, into this gospel account that we have today. So, so Mark is not an eyewitness of Jesus like maybe the others. Um, Peter was, and Peter dictated to Mark, and Mark wrote them down. Now, when we read and, and study, scholars suggest that Mark likely wrote to, to Gentiles and to Roman believers. You know, a Gentile is someone who is not born of, of Jewish descent. You know, so if we lived in the time of Christ, we would be considered Gentile people. So, so Mark writes with someone in mind who does not understand Jewish customs. So that's actually good for us today as we read through this. Now, um, we don't think that Mark just threw this together, that he just took all the memories and he threw them together, but he actually shaped this um, in, in a certain way to show specifically that Jesus is the, the Messiah. So I shared a little bit about this last week, but very briefly, the first half of Mark is actually written kind of to address the question, who is Jesus? The second half um, is written to describe how he became the, the Jewish or Messianic um, king. And then there's a couple chapels in, chapters in between where Jesus kind of stitches these two together as he answers those questions. So what we're going to do today, um, that just brings you up to speed, is we're going to look at Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. And we have a special guest that's going to read those verses for us today. So here you go. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 to 13. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. 
Well, thank you, Jordan, for giving me a hand with reading that scripture today. Jordan, if you don't know, is one of our board of directors, and he's also Kaylee's husband. Most of you know who Kaylee is. She's one of our staff members here at the church. Um, I've, I've got a weakness for chocolate. Chocolate is my guilty pleasure. It's my drug of choice. Some of you know this, but we have a bag of chocolate chips in our house, which many people might have a bag of chocolate chips in their house for baking needs. Actually, it's right in that cupboard. You know, but when I need a little, little dose of sugary goodness, when I just need a little pick-me-up, I, just, I just grab, a, grab that bag down and, and dip my hand in there. And I make sure the kids aren't watching, right? I make sure that they're looking away because I don't feed them the same. They don't get what I get, right? I care about their health. They don't care about mine so much. I love chocolate chips so much that I will not eat pancakes. That's not true. But every time I make pancakes, I make sure I put chocolate chips in them because I just love it. I love it so much. I have a weakness for it. So the other day, the, the chocolate chip bag comes out of the cupboard and somehow um, it becomes our dessert for this evening. We just finished eating dinner. You know, um, Joshua and Emmy are still eating a little bit and, and we all bust out the bag. I have a little bit, Jody has a little bit, Eli has a little bit. And we tell Joshua he's gonna get some when he's done dinner. Emmy doesn't get any because she's still a baby and that just would not be right. Um, I don't know, I don't know, but she can't chew them really well. And so um, we, we have a little bit of ch uh, ch uh, chocolate chips and then just as Jody's about to close the bag, Eli quickly gets his hand in there. He just gets his hand right in there and there's kind of like this like in slow motion movie part as the bag closes and she says, no. And there's like this pause it was probably only a second, but you could see the look on his face, face that we've all had before as he's pondering, do, do I just do it? Do I just, do I just continue and face the consequences or do I do what is right and I obey? And sure enough, the, the lure of the chocolate, of the chocolate, the, the temptation was too strong. The desire was too strong. And he takes the handful of chocolate chips and he just shoves it in his face. And, and we were talking to him a little bit about it um, afterwards, right after, and he just said, I, I just really, really wanted it. And this is totally the stage he's at, you know, he, is that the desire for something, the want for something overcomes him and he just can't, he can't control it. You know, he might take something from his siblings, he might take, take something he shouldn't, he might do something he shouldn't, he shouldn't do or he's been told not to because his, his desire, and he'll say that a lot, he'll say, I just really, really wanted it. And I, it got me thinking, you know, temptation is so strong. And if we're honest, we all face temptation. We all face temptation, especially in this time. COVID-19, physical distancing, self-isolation is the temptation to, to do, the desire to, to, to have, to, to want, to whatever it may be is, is strong. And we're all facing different types of temptation. We're all facing in different forms and we all go through it. You know, it might be, it might be lighter for some, it might be higher for others. Here, I just want a little bit more interaction this morning. So if you're watching live with us, um, on Facebook or, or YouTube, can you just comment in the comment section just what kind of forms of temptation do we face as people? Not necessarily what you face, but what do we face, the different kind of forms. Now keep it, keep it PG, right? Let's not get crude, but let's just, let's just chat a little bit about what the, the kinds of temptations that we face. Now we face all kinds of forms of temptation. From sugary goodness, chocolate chips. I'm tempted just to go here in the midst of this and grab some chocolate chips. I should have put some on the counter, right? So I could just have a little bit of chocolate chips as we go. Um, but maybe we were tempted to give in to unhealthy desire. Maybe we're tempted um, to revert back to our old destructive patterns. Maybe for you, you're tempted to just give in, to throw in the towel, you know, to, to give up on spiritual well-being, 
on health, maybe relationships. Maybe we're lured by the desire to sin, to do the wrong that we know not to do. We're tempted to to be greedy. We're tempted to cheat. We're tempted to lust. We're tempted to cut corners. We're tempted to just have one more drink. We are tempted. But this little portion of scripture that we read, or that Jordan read for us today, reveals something significant that I hope encourages you and gives you a source to lean on. That's my hope today. And that encourages you and gives you a source to lean on. That even Jesus... The Messiah figure in Mark, the the Son of God, faced temptation. Now, some of you know this, but let that just settle in your spirit, that even Jesus faced temptation. You know, there's so much woven in this um, little bit. Um, I was actually intending to share a lot more than these few scriptures today, but there's just so much here. So I'm just going to share a little bit of what God put on my heart. So we have Jesus, the God in human flesh, is led by the Spirit of God, the third person in the Trinity, to a wilderness to face temptation. Now let me just back this up a bit. You know, we ch- chat a little bit about wilderness last week. When we think of wilderness, we can often think of, of, of beautiful landscape, of nature, right? Of cottaging and fishing and camping. And for some of you, that scares the, the heck out of you, right? You just, you're just like, I'm not doing that. But we can think of, we can think of, of beautiful things, but, but wilderness can have a completely different meaning. It can mean periods of, of, of despair and loneliness and fear and desperation. To a Jew, to a Hebrew, the wilderness actually meant a gloomy place of terror, you know, the home of devils and wild beasts, unclean animals. And, and for them to, to read this, as, as Mark would be sharing this, they would have this in mind when he mentioned that Jesus was with the wild animals. Like I picture the scene in the movie where the character is like in the middle of a forest, he's alone. You know, it's, it's, it's nighttime, it's the middle of the night, the, the moon is high, you can hear the owl in the background, it's freaky quiet, and then all of a sudden you hear the creatures, right? You hear the wild animals. That's what they would have in mind. You know, last week, if you were here, I shared how the Israelites, they were a little bit in a wilderness of their own in this, in this time when, this, when, this, when Jesus shows up on the scene. You know, 400 years they were involved, or they were in 400 years of silence, of not hearing from God between the end of the Old Testament and when John the Baptist showed up on the scene. And in that 400 years, they were hoping for the Messiah to come as they were under Roman oppression rule. Now, it was prophesied that someone would come before the Messiah, John the Baptist, and the scriptures say a voice calling out of the wilderness. And John the Baptist shows up preaching um, a message of repentance in the wilderness And now Jesus comes and he's baptized. The heavens tear open. God speaks and says, this is my son. Uh, And then he goes into a wilderness. So the Israelites are in a wilderness. John the Baptist prepares the way for Jesus while in a wilderness. Now Jesus goes into a wilderness to be tempted. And I think it's significant here that Jesus enters a wilderness to be tempted. It's important for Jesus to enter a wilderness to be tempted. Because if Jesus... The Son of God does not enter a wilderness to be tempted as a man, then he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what the Israelites go through. He doesn't understand what we go through. If he doesn't face the deceptive lies of Satan, if he doesn't go toe-to-toe with him, then he doesn't understand what you and I go through. But he did go through it. He faced temptation in every way, So he gets it. 
He understands. He doesn't just see what you're going through. He knows what you're going through because he's been there. You know, I love how Hebrews chapter 4 puts it. It says, For we do not have a high priest, and high priest they're referring to Jesus, who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So he gets it. He understands it. He knows what it's like. You know, and when I'm talking to someone who knows, who's been what I've been through, who's, who's gone what I've uh, gone through, who's faced what I've faced, they show a different kind of care and compassion. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they show a tenderness. They show a little bit more grace. They're a little bit more kind because they get it. And Jesus, because he went through a wilderness and faced temptation in every way, he understands what you're going through. He gets what you're going through. They may not get it. I may not get it. So-and-so may not get it. But he gets what you're going through because he went through wilderness and he faced temptation in every single way. Now, just stop and think about that for a second. All those comments that were in, that maybe you commented in the, in the chat about the different forms of temptation we faced. He's faced them all. He's faced them all. So, so Eli, you know, after this, this chocolate you know, chocolate chip bag incident, I guess you could call it. We have a little chat, you know, briefly after. And he says again, he says, I just really, really wanted it. And I said, buddy, it's hard. I get it. I've been there. He doesn't know that I'm there like every day, (laughs) but I get it. I get the temptation. Now, I wish I could say that I get that all the time with him, but I'm human and I make mistakes and I forget what it's like to be six. And so I don't always, I don't always get it, but Jesus doesn't forget Jesus doesn't forget what we don't read in Mark because he doesn't give us all the details. But if we look in, into the other gospel accounts, um, is that Jesus faced temptation and he never gave in. Like Hebrews tells us that, right? Yet did not sin. He faced the temptation, but he did not give in. He came out the other end a conqueror. Now this is crucial. I think this is crucial for the Israelite people to hear and to read. If we were to travel back in time, you know, hop in our time machine, which would be awesome. Where would you go if you had a time machine? You know, and we hop back in time and we travel back to the time when the Israelites were just leaving Egypt. They're just, they're just exiting slavery. You can read about this in Exodus, you know, before they're, they're going to the land that, that God was leading them to that through Moses, they were in a, in a physical wilderness. They were in a desert. And this was hundreds of generations before Jesus and they ended up wandering this, this, this wilderness for 40 years because they constantly rebelled and sinned against God, because they constantly gave in to desire, because they constantly gave in to temptation and their flesh. If the wilderness for them was a test, they failed it. They failed it. So Jesus is here hundreds of generations later, and he's in a wilderness. And he's in a wilderness for 40 days, the number 40 significant. And he's fasting and he's, and he's facing temptation and he doesn't fail, right? He, he overcomes it. He succeeds. He makes it through. So Jesus, the Messiah figure in Mark, the, the person that they're wanting and hoping and looking for, that Mark is trying to reveal who Jesus is, this Messiah figure, the coming ruler, has been where they are and has succeeded. Now, what does this mean for you and me? What does this mean today? That when we face temptation, when we square off against our flesh, when we square off against the enemy and his attacks, our shield, our defense is is bringing this um, to mind, is putting before our mind that Jesus voluntarily allowed himself to face temptation but succeeded. 
is putting to our mind when we square off against temptation that Jesus voluntarily allowed himself to face temptation, which you and I go through, and succeeded. He gets it and he overcame it so he can help you overcome it. Right? He, he gets it and he overcame it so that he can help you overcome it. He's been where, you're going, where you've been. He's faced that temptation and he's gone through it so he knows the way out. Right? It's, he's been there and knows the way through. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 10, this is Paul talking to Paul the Apostle, speaking to the church in Corinth. And he says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So you think you can't handle it, but God thinks you can handle that temptation. But when you're tempted, he says, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He'll provide you with a way out so that you can endure it. There's always a way out because God in Jesus has been through it and has overcome it. So we put to our minds, this is our shield, this is our defense, this is how it helps us. When we face temptation, we put to our minds that Jesus voluntarily went through temptation and succeeded, so he knows the way out. He knows the way out. Now, I don't know if you caught this when Jordan read the scripture in in Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, is it says that Jesus was sent by the Spirit. God led him into temptation. God allowed Jesus to be tempted by Satan. Now, this is an uncomfortable truth that we kind of see throughout Scripture. And it's one sometimes I have a hard time digesting. But I just trust in my loving God that there's a level to which Satan cannot do anything without permission from God. Right? There's, there's a level to which Satan cannot exert power without God's permission, especially to those in God's family. So when Satan attacks, to some degree, it has been permitted, which is like, ooh, right? God permits temptation. You know, in the story of Job in the Old Testament, what Job went through, and if you don't know, he went through a horrendous amount of things, was because Satan asked God, and God gave Satan permission to show the righteousness in Job. Jesus tells us that Satan asked Jesus, asked God to sift Peter like wheat. He wanted, he wanted to shake Peter, you know, whether that was through fear or through sin, but he wanted, he wanted to push him through the gate. So, so Peter came out one end and his faith remained on the other end. And then what was left was just a faithless Peter because his, his faith had been, had been sifted out. But Jesus said, I had prayed for you that your faith will not fail. He interceded for him. Now, now listen, here's what you need to understand. God doesn't do the attacking. God doesn't do the tempting. James chapter 1 tells us that God does not tempt anyone. But God allows temptation. He allows us to be sifted by Satan. You know, just write in the comments, sifted. You know, usually I'd say, turn to your neighbor and say, sifted. But write in the comments, say, sifted. Why? Why would God allow that to happen? That does not sound nice. It doesn't sound like a benevolent God to me. Why would God allow that to happen? Why would he, why would he permit Satan to tempt us? Why would he permit Satan to, to attack us? Why would he allow these things to happen? And it's this. Are you ready for it? Because it tests our faith. It tests our faith. Now, we, we face things in life. Like, life just happens. Every, every battle and every trial and every circumstance we go through is not God a, a test from God. I'm not saying it is. 
but he allows Satan to tempt us to some degree to test our faith. You know, Eli is learning how to ride a bike, and I don't know if you remember how to learn, learning to ride a bike, but it's hard. It's really hard work, and Eli doesn't like hard. <laughs> don't tell him I said that. He doesn't like hard. He doesn't like failing. And so when we're, when we're learning how to ride a bike, and I'm, and I'm showing him how to ride the bike, he doesn't want me to let go of the seat. He wants me to hold on, but I keep letting go. I keep letting go. And I let go because it tests his ability. And he can do it. He's at the stage where he can do it now. He keeps saying, Daddy, hold on. I just keep letting go. His ability to ride the bike would never be tested if he wasn't left to face it. Now, James tells us this in, in James chapter 1 in the New Testament. He says that the trials of all kinds, he says, consider it a pure joy when you face trials of all kinds because it tests our faith. The trial puts our faith through the test. And when our faith is put through the test, it produces godliness in us. It produces godliness in us. So on the other end, the purposes that God wants to accomplish in us are produced. You know, on the other end of Jesus going through this wilderness was his public ministry. On the other end of this testing, when he faced the temptation against Satan, was, was his public ministry. Before he stepped into his purpose, he was tested. Before he would, we, we, he would step into the role that God had for him, he was, he was sifted. Before he would begin the task that he came for, he had to face and he had to conquer uh, temptations involved in his calling. On the other end of the, the, the temptation that we face is God's purpose. For the Israelites in the wilderness, it was the promised land. For Peter, it was his own strengthening and the leadership mantle he would take on. So listen, we face what we face so that what is produced in us prepares us for the purposes God has for us. Like We face what we face so what is produced in us prepares us for the purposes God has for us. We face temptation so our faith can be tested, so that we can be sifted. And when we come through the, the test, we are prepared for the next level right? We cannot have a triumph without a trial. Right? You can't get a trophy in a race without running the race. I can't sometimes have purpose without, my, without pain. You know, my, my son, Eli, he is better prepared to ride a bike on two wheels because his ability was put to the test. It was put to the test. What if what you're experiencing is a test? What if what we are experiencing is a test? What if what I'm going through is me being sifted? Because Satan asked for it and God allowed it. But thankfully, Jesus prayed for me and interceded for me. What if the wilderness that we're in is producing something in us that prepares us for what is next, for what is to come? Now, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying all the things that we face are tests from God. But James does tell us that all trials test us and can produce growth in us. That all things can produce in us the things that God wants to accomplish. You know, there's someone in our church who always says uh, this, and maybe you're tuning in. When they're going through something, they say it's a setup. I don't know what for, but it's a setup. What if what? you're facing, the temptation you're facing today is a setup to test you so that what is produced in you prepares you for your purpose, prepares you for the next level. 
You know, we face temptation. We go through wilderness experiences because it sifts us and prepares us for the purposes that God has for us. So here's Jesus. He's baptized. He's led into the wilderness. He's alone with God. He's tested. He overcomes. And he steps into the mantle and purpose of Messiah. And the next scene we have in the book of Mark says that he goes around declaring the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. So he goes around into his purpose. You know, I began this, uh, this talk by saying that this small portion of, of scripture reveals something significant that I hope encourages you and I hope gives you a source to lean on. So let me just leave you with a few thoughts. I want to encourage you today that Jesus understands what you're, what you're going through. That, that he understands your wilderness, he understands your temptation, he's been there. There, there is nothing that he did not face. I want to I encourage you today that not only does he understand what you're going through, not only has he been there, but he's come out the other end. He's made it, right? He's faced it and he's overcome it. And so we can call out to him. Actually, you know, very practical activity for you. If you're having a hard time believing this, I just want you to take a piece of paper and, you know, just individually, privately, Write down all the things that you're being faced with, you're, you're tempted with right now. Just write them down. I'm tempted with this. I'm tempted with this. I'm tempted with this. I'm tempted with this. Or you can just write out what it is, you know, um, whatever it may be for you. I don't want to put words in your mouth. No. And then I want you to look at that and I want you to say that Jesus faced, and then read that first line. Jesus faced lust and he overcame it. Jesus faced impure desire and he overcame it. Jesus faced greed, and he overcame it. Jesus got what you're going through, and he overcame. And the scriptures say that he will not let us be tempted beyond what, what we can bear, but he's given us a way out. He's provided a way out so we can endure it. You may not think you can, but call out to him. He's been there, and he's overcome. And lastly, I want to encourage you to overcome. Because the testing of your faith produces something in you that prepares you for the next level. The testing of your faith produces something in you that prepares you for the next level. Fight. Maybe you're being sifted today, but maybe that's because God is doing something and preparing something and wants to test your faith. Maybe he believes in you when you don't believe in yourself. So like Jesus prayed for Peter, I want to just close by praying for us. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that your faith won't fail. I want to pray that you'll come through the test. And so would you bow your head with me and let's just close in some prayer. Lord, I just thank you for your faithfulness and I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you care about us, God. I thank you that you died on the cross for us. Lord, that you believe in us. Lord, that you have purposes and plans for us. God, and even though we are are, are fallen human beings, God. We make, make, make mistakes, we mess up, we fail the test. You continually pursue us with love and grace and mercy. Your, your word says that your mercy is new every single day. Your grace knows no bounds, Lord. And so we just praise you. Lord, I pray for, for us today, and I pray for those that are facing uh, temptation right now. I pray that they would recognize, first of all, that, you've, that you know what they're going through, that you get it that you know how difficult it is, you know how hard it is. God, you know the, you know the lure, you know the desire, you know the, you know the temptation because you have been tempted in every way. 
But I pray, God, that they would recognize that not only did you face it, but you overcame it. And so that if they put to their minds the fact that you've, you've faced it and overcame it, God, you can show them the way out. So I pray they would turn their attention to you, Father God. Give them strength. Give them strength. Lord, you said that your word and in your word that you've provided a way out so that we can endure it. So give them strength to endure it and to find a way out. And Lord, I know, God, that through it all, God, for each of us, Lord, you are preparing us for the purposes you have for our lives, that you are preparing us for the next level. So I pray that our faith would not fail, just as you prayed for Peter. I pray that our faith would not fail, that we would come out the other end strengthened and ready to take on the mantle that you have for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless those who are watching with us today, Father God. Bless those, God, that are that are tuning in, Lord. God, I pray for every person who may, may be sick right now. I ask in Jesus' name that you would just heal right now. Lord, I pray for those, God, that are feeling a little lost and uncertain that you would just comfort and provide peace, Lord. Maybe for those who are a little scared or nervous, God, or fearful because of, of, of finances, God, would you provide? God, would you reveal that you are our God and you are our King? Lord, maybe there's somebody here today and they're just new to this whole God thing, this new this church thing, and they don't know what to think about this, but I know that you can speak to their heart, God, right now. So would you speak as only you can in Jesus' name? Reveal yourself, Lord. God, we bless you. This is all for your glory. This is all for your honor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I just want to share a couple thought with you, a couple thoughts, and then I'm gonna and we're gonna end. Um, number one is when Peter, you know, P Jesus said this to Peter about being sifted, that Satan Satan wanted to sift him like wheat, and, and Peter's like, nah, it's not gonna happen. And then Peter goes and denies Jesus, right? This, this is what happens in the story. He goes and denies Jesus. But then afterwards, you know, when Jesus dies and he rises again, he reinstates Peter. And Peter kind of becomes this, this literally rock, this, this, this bold, courageous man who goes on in, in strength and in power to preach the, the gospel powerfully. So the, the testing of his faith, and his faith did not fail, even though he made mistakes. Um, the testing of his faith prepared him for what's next. And I just think that God has, has a purpose for your life and that what you're facing, if you can endure and come through at the other end by looking at him and trusting in, in, in God, um, that you'll come through and be prepared for your next step. Um, and your next level. But listen, do me a favor. Go love on somebody. Give somebody a phone call. Uh, get, send somebody a text message. Let them know that you're here because somebody is going through something this week. They're facing temptation. They're facing a wilderness. And maybe your phone call or maybe your text message is their way out right? Is their way out. Now, some quick next steps for you if you're tuning in. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, just simply go to our website, weareparkway.com slash connect uh, to get in touch. You can also email us or call us and, and that's an easy way too. If you want prayer, please reach out in any way um, that you know. You know, you can Facebook us, you can, you can email us. Um, you can also go to weareparkway.com slash prayer and fill out that quick form there and we will pray with you and for you. I also want you to consider joining one of our online life groups. Um, you can get more information on our website. Our website is for everything, right? But you can find more information on our website um, under, under the Connect tab. You'll see life groups, and you can, you can ask for more information there. If you're already part of a life group and you just want to know about the meeting info, if you head to our events page, you'll find some eating info there. I believe there's a young adult one that's starting tonight, which is fantastic. Um, we would love it if you would just come and connect with us in the church lobby on Zoom. You're going to see some details in the comment section if you haven't already seen that. Just come and say hi. Come and say hi to somebody. You know, if you're a regular here at Parkway, we'd love to see your face. You don't even have to show your face. You can just put a blank screen, but we'd love to hear your voice. Just come and connect with us. But listen, I'm praying for you. I'm believing for you. And I'm praying that you got a lot of peace this week. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. 
We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.